times that I fell asleep in church. History. Good morning, Second Pot Podcast listeners. I'm here in the studio of Trinity United Methodist Church off of Han Road in Grove City, Ohio. My name is Serena Wolf, and I'm sitting beside Caleb Spiker. And we are chilly, but caffeinated, and we're excited about today's episode. So let's get started. All right. All right. So welcome to the second week of Advent, Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. We are one full week down and into the second week of our Christmas quest. Christmas quest. It's hard to say. Marriage. Something like that. What brings us together today. Mm -hmm. Most blessed arrangement. Almost as good as the Christmas quest. (laughs) Funny, funny you should use that as an example. We're going to talk about the Christmas quest and we're going to talk about a priest. Mm. One particular priest today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so, so, your reflection upon Christmas Quest. Lay it on us, Caleb. Yeah. So, uh, actually, last night uh, really led to some great discussion in uh, in my household. Um, so we read uh, Luke two eighteen to twenty, if I remember correctly, and then the question was, um, which you know. We've been reading Luke 2, 1 to 20 every night mm-hmm. as a family for two months now. Um, so it's like, hey, yeah, we just did that. woo So we went back and reread Malachi as part of it too. But um, anyway, so so the reflection question last night was, am I self-conscious, self-pitying, or self-justifying? Um, and... As a family, we had a little bit of a conversation about the difference between being self-aware and being self-conscious. Mm-hmm. That um, self-awareness is having a recognition of the way uh, the behaviors that you engage in, the decisions you make, have an impact on others. Whereas self being self-conscious is uh, living, trying to be a mind reader knowing what other people think about you. Mm. Um, So we talked about that, you know, how uh, at school are we thinking about the way the things that we do have an impact on our friends and are we trying to make our friends' lives good or are we more concerned with keeping up our appearances and having a... Um, a reputation amongst our friends that's a certain way. Um, so that was a that was kind of a, a fun conversation for us. Um, and and the answer, of course, is yes, yes, and oh, yes. Self conscious, self pitying, self justifying. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Keep <Yeah>. going. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny because our reflection questions are often. They feel like yes or no questions, but the whole point is to invite you into a deeper understanding of why you would answer yes or maybe no, because maybe mm-hmm. initially you answer no, and then you discover that you've answered incorrectly. <laughs> and they lead, I feel, into repentance and uh, confession and a deeper desire for God's grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that I think has, has dovetailed well with the practice of using those questions is, um, a daily practice of repentance, um, you know, confession and repentance and, um, and preaching the gospel on a daily basis to ourselves and mm-hmm. to one another that we actually are forgiven. Um, I think they have to go together in a, in a healthy Christian life. Um, Cause if we're just, you know, if we're saved out of the law into grace, just to create a new law to die to, that's mm-hmm. miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, but being reminded that even though there is a way of Jesus and we are to live in that way, that that way is not burdensome and um, ultimately learning to live in that way is the work of the Holy Spirit within us, not our capacity to, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and be more Christian. Yep. And for me, that practice not only reminds me of God's grace in my life, but actually then helps me love others. Because if I am constantly in need of confessing sin and constantly in need of God's grace, um, on my best days, it serves as a reminder that, you know, the things that other people do that frustrate me or, you know, bring up some uh, judgmental spirit, um, you know, are things I have to deal with myself. And so that frees me up to love others instead of condemning. Because mm-hmm. when I condemn others, I condemn myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. Any other reflections you want to share? You excited? We're going to do a short video congratulating Trinity, the questers who have, who have completed the quest of week one. Yeah. yeah. So, so listener, if you are also part of uh, Trinity's social media, if you follow us, or if you're part of Trinity, be looking for that. Yeah. It was good. I was, I was encouraged because... At first, I only got like a few, a handful of people that were like, yeah, Serena, I did the quest. And I'm like, oh, there aren't that many of us. Well, I think there are a few people who are doing it, but just haven't. Well, I reached out to some people that I thought were doing it. Yeah. And and they affirmed like, yeah. So I'm excited. It, it, It was good. It was good. So, um... I attended the Holy Spirit Seminar this past Friday, which is um, an event, an annual event. With Mark Sharona. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Mark Sharona is not there annually, but... No, he's there this year, though. The Reverend Dr. Peter Bellini is, and uh, I love Dr. Bellini. And um, interestingly enough... uh, Part of what Dr. Sharona talked about was learning to read the signs of the time. Mm. And <clears throat> through our Chris- Christmas quest, uh, you know, we've been reading lots of scripture. But then this past weekend, you 
preached on Luke, basically 5 through 80, nearly stopped my heart when you're like, yeah, that's the scripture, because for those listeners who don't know, I'm the one that creates the slides for scripture. And I thought, oh, 75 verses of slides. Thanks, Caleb. But uh, anyway, but so here's the here's the great thing, like preparing the slides for worship also gives me an opportunity to reread the scripture. Uh, Actually, a couple of times through because I read it and then I copy and paste it in and then I have to read it again to make sure I did it correctly. Um, And when I study scripture, I read from the um, NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version. And as I was reading... Luke 2 through, or 5 through 80. Um, In the NRSV, we have the priest Zechariah visited by the angel Gabriel, right? Yep. Gabriel's like, hey, God's heard your prayer. Uh, Elizabeth's going to have a kid, and uh, here's who he's going to be. And Zechariah says, let's see, I think he says He says, that old hag, are you sure? I mean, that's not what the NRSV says that he said. No, he says she's ancient, Zachariah, and I am too. Well, Zachariah said to the angel, how will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. Okay. So then we skip forward, and Gabriel next, we're told, goes to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. This is Mary. And... uh Gabriel says, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You're going to have a child. And here's who he is. And Mary, this is starting in verse 34. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Now, in my head, these questions sound very much alike, but uh, Gabriel responds very differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Zachariah says, how, how, how will I know this is so, for I'm an old man? And then Gabriel says, I am Gabriel, shut up. Um, and stay shut up. And stay shut up <laughs> until, until what God has said will come to pass. Right, like Gabriel rebukes basically Zachariah and causes him to not talk, which I had also never thought about. That's uh, basically takes him out of ministry. Yeah. Uh, the entire time. That Elizabeth is pregnant. Yeah, he probably missed two cycles. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a that's a big deal for a priest, mm-hmm. you know, a man from the line of Aaron, to not be able to serve. And so I was thinking about that, and I told you, I texted you, I'm like, what's the difference? Um, so did you do any reflection or reading? I did, but I want to hear what you came up with. If you did. So I think there are at least two big differences. One is location. Mm. Mm -hmm. So Zechariah is in the middle of this once-in-a-lifetime lottery opportunity to go into the holy place, make the incense sacrifice to the Lord. Um, like it is, 
it is not normal for supernatural things to happen, but it, it's not like completely outside the realm of what could occur and you should be ready for. You know, he's a priest who at this point has probably gone through 70 to 100 cycles of being on duty. You know, he's been through the the rabbinical and priestly training. Um, you know, there's a pretty high standard for who he should be and what his... Um, what his expectation of God should be and and what have you. And not only that, but like at the beginning. And he's in the holy place of the temple, right? Like, like, like Mary, she's probably just like, you know, in her garden and the angel shows up, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, it's like, okay, this is very, very strange. Not at all what anyone was expecting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and she's what? 13, 14, you know, he's a grown man who has seen some stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, because everything is specific. Like, there are no generalities. Everything is particular. Mm-hmm. And they're just, so while their response is the same, they are very different people in very different places. Yep. So having them get different responses makes sense yeah well and then i went and um first because i'm a nerd and i have these tools at my disposal first i went to my inner linear just to make sure that like you know zachariah said to the angel uh mary said to the angel just to make sure that 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 like means the same thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. start there. But then um, what they ask, even though in the interpretation that I read... um, In the translation, In the translation I read, thank you. uh, Even though the the words are similar, they're not at all the same. So if you read it in a different translation, um, some translations say Zachariah asked for a sign. So... It comes down, yeah, like you said, after I did a little more study, it comes down to several different things. Um, I'm still surprised, though, because here's the thing. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 6, both of them, them being Zechariah and Elizabeth, were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. And I mean, if the scripture says that about you, that's a big, hairy deal. Like, mm-hmm. there are not many people in scripture who were told live righteously or blamelessly. Um, and then as I was thinking about it, yeah, the place, right? Like, theologically, this is where God lived mm-hmm. in the temple. And so Zechariah was in the presence of the Lord... And when Gabriel appeared, asked for a sign. 
just in case, just to, just to be sure. And what's funny is he would have known Abraham. He basically, he actually asked the same question that Abraham asked God, you know, mm-hmm. how, how will I know? Give me a sign. And God does give Abraham a sign. Zechariah shouldn't have needed a sign because the sign had already come. God's just doing what God does and, you know, bringing the barren children even in their old age. So I thought this was all very interesting. And I had never really, <clears throat> I had never really um, studied much about Zechariah. Because, you know, at Christmas, the focus tends to be on Mary. Um, I also confess I didn't get to listen to the sermon because I'm with our little church, our little people, Mm -hmm. uh, during the sermon, and I hadn't listened to it yet. So, But I did ask our youth if you addressed that, and they said they didn't think so. But you maybe did, and they (laughs) were zoned out. (laughs) So... Yeah, I have a, a a pastor friend up in Detroit who uh, he says, you know, there are four responses that uh, people tend to to give after a sermon on Sunday morning. There's the uh, uh, the first response is, "Man, pastor, great service, great sermon." The second uh, the second response is. Man, there was, I really need to hear that today. The third response is, man, God is good. And the fourth response is, oh, that was a great nap. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the never-ending job of the preacher is to try to make the third response mm-hmm. the normal one. Yep. For sure. For sure. Well, the youth did have good things to say about the sermon. They all had something that they walked away with, and that made me mm. exceedingly glad. Um, well, you know, and that's... So when I was... Um, when I was in college, I didn't really have... A church home, which is pretty typical for Bible college kids. I think it's pretty typical for a lot of college kids. Yeah, that's true. But maybe um, especially Bible college kids. And, uh, you know, so because of that, you know, did a lot of hopping around, went to all sorts of different churches. Um, and one of the things that you learn in doing that is that God can use really bad preaching. Mm-hmm. That, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit um, while hearing the Word you know, the person up there can just be boring, you know, inarticulate, a stuttering Stanley. And 
at the end of the day, as the hearer of the word, it is not the preacher's responsibility for me to listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's on me. Um, And even someone whose sermon is off the rails and chaotic and has no discernible structure, if the Bible is being read, and if I am choosing to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, God will use it anyway. When I think the scripture about Zechariah also uh, is a good warning to us as Christians or an encouragement, right? Like, we come into worship, and we believe that where two or three of us is gathered in the name of Christ, Christ is there. Mm-hmm. Well, then surely where 50 or 60 of us are gathered or more, like, God is there, mm-hmm. and we should expect to hear from God. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I felt some, like, um, not condemnation, but like, oh, because Saturday morning here at Trinity... Um, a few of us gathered for prayer. And this this probably isn't an uncommon thing. When you prepare for the meeting, you walk into the meeting expecting to know what's going to happen, mm. right? Um, but I heard from God in ways that I didn't expect to hear from God. And it just about broke me down. Mm. Uh, Would you like to share with us? Oh, you don't have yeah. to. No, but. sure. Uh, so Saturday, as part of our exercise together, um, we prayed the Wesleyan Covenant prayer. So um, I'll put a link to that prayer in the in the podcast show notes. Um, but that prayer starts off with you know, um, let's see. I am no I, longer mine, mine but, but thine. thine, O Lord. And then it goes on to say things like, you know, um, put me to doing, or, you know, I, let me be used by you, laid aside for you, exalted for you, uh, brought low, brought for, low you. for you, yeah. right? Like all these, let me have all, let me have nothing. Um, and then there's a line of surrender. Rank me with who thou wilt. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oof. Yep. But there's there's a, a line. No, not them. Right. <laughs> Rank me with whom thou wilt, but not them. Yes. <laughs> well, this is actually so. So we're reading through that, and um, we get to the line of sur- of of surrender. Right. Like I lay down everything at your disposal, and it hit me, like. Um that I do when I read that prayer and I pray it, like I'll read the, let me have all things, let me have nothing. And I'm really praying, let me have nothing because my understanding is we're supposed to be emptied out. And that's true. Um, And I've been poor in life and that doesn't scare me. But then I realized like, can I actually pray the flip side of that? Let me have all things. Because I don't want all things, um, I don't, I don't want that responsibility. I don't, and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of fear there. 
Let me, you know, rank me with whom thou wilt. Rank me among the poor and the oppressed, Lord. Those are the people you love, right? But if I think rank me with the rich and wealthy, I'm like, no. Um, and I, I was just really convicted. Like that's a fearful response and it shows a lack of trust in God. Hmm. I wasn't ready for that. So, but I, but I should, like anytime we're together in God's name, we should be ready and listening um, and looking for what God is doing, which is why I mentioned the sign thing in the Holy Spirit seminar, because, you know, Dr. Sharona was talking about the signs and Zachariah asked for the, for the sign. And the reality is the sign had already been given through Abraham. Like, what do you mean you need a sign? You're a priest. Look where you're at. Look what you're doing. Look at who I am. You don't need a sign. You need to shut your mouth. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's interesting to me the, the, the overarching narratives and themes that we see come together in our lives. And maybe we're just looking for this, right? But, but the way I've been able to connect this scripture reading with our reflection questions, or today when I prayed the rosary, the way that um, praying the sorrowful mysteries connected with our reading today from Isaiah, Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. I haven't gotten to it um, yet. <clears throat> so maybe. I know you will. Um, but it's just interesting to me the way that, you know, God uses all these things to speak truth and grace into our lives. And it's, it's been exciting. I don't want Christmas Quest to end. And the good news is it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christmas Quest has to end. But, but these practices that we're building don't have to end. It's true. All right. So um, this past Friday, you and I were in a discussion um, where we were talking about canonicity and criterion and all sorts of big $20 words. And um, in preparation for this study or this this conversation, um, the leader of the study asked me to write an explanation of what it is that we're talking about. Um, so I wrote, you know, the page and a half, 14 scroll version, and then I came in and wrote, too long, didn't read, here's what you really need to know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so can you give us the too long, didn't read version of uh, this conversation now? What are the takeaways that, you know, if someone only has three minutes to hear uh, that they should go home with. Okay. Um, I think from our conversation, people should know that God is moving, that God is speaking to us, that God is calling us into deeper relationship with Christ, and we are experiencing God's grace right now, especially at Trinity, through Scripture and reflection. And it's exciting and it's worth it. And we can expect God to keep talking to us. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to reiterate what I told my sons last night. We are healthy when we focus on things that we can actually control. Mm. 
Yep. I can control my behavior. I can pay attention to the way my behavior affects others. I cannot force someone to feel a certain way about me. And the more time I spend trying to manipulate that, the less happy I will be. Um, and that's the difference between self-awareness and self-consciousness. Yeah, that's such a good lesson. And we don't need to manipulate anything, right? Because we serve a God who created all things. So yep. whether you're trying to manipulate the way people look at you or manipulate the energy of the universe by using a crystal, it's all, it's all foolishness. There's nothing to be gained there. Tell me how you really think about the use of crystals there. <laughs> That's in a whole other podcast. Oh, or maybe an article. Is. Like maybe I'll put something on a blog. So anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe our, uh, maybe Firebrand would, would publish. Oh, I. I don't know, maybe not. That, here's here's I mean, like That thing. would be an interesting sort of thing. Like, like where... Uh, where the promises of modern paganism um, can be satisfied by the uh, the gifts of the spirit and in the you know the more broad broadly understood Pentecostal movement of Christianity. Yeah, here here's That'd the thing. Here's the thing. All right, you ready for this? Um, Dr. Sharona at the Holy Spirit Seminar. Mark Sharona. <laughs> so, so how many times did you hear Mark Sharona? In my head, I heard M -m -m my Sharona quite a bit. I didn't substitute it with Mark, but anyway, yeah, I, I did. I did. But, but okay, so, so I know we've gotten away from the takeaways, but let me just end with this. All right, since you brought up the... Okay, Sorry. so um, he kept saying, I'm a pastor, not a scholar. Now, he is obviously a scholar because he is studied. And on that platform, he showed himself approved in ways that I, I think by far this was the best Holy Spirit seminar we've had. Hmm. It was incredible. This man knows scripture, knows the meaning of scripture. It, was, it, it, it almost made me weep. It was so good. But he kept saying, I'm a pastor, not, not a a scholar. Here's my thing. I think that we as pastors must be theologians, but I don't know that I am interested in writing scholarly. And sometimes I, I love Firebrand. I love everything Spirit and Truth is doing. Um, and I think that there's a place for Firebrand. I just don't know if it's a place where my voice will fit well, because I, I am a pastor and a theologian, but not a scholar. Like, I'm not interested in the big words. I can understand them. But if I use them and people don't understand it, my words are meaningless. So. Well, then don't publish it to Firebrand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do have my own blog. I just haven't done anything with it yet. So it's called Pressing Forward. Maybe this will be the impetus to start. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, listener, I hope most of what we have said today makes sense to you. I hope that you stay caffeinated. And stay in love with Jesus. And we'll be back again sometime. Put a second pot on. We're going to learn what's going on.